In this episode of Novel Predictions, Kales gives me nothing. Why did you? Why did uh, I feel like you just undermined our podcast so heavily? <laughs> well, usually, usually we like come up with our own story, but we really didn't do that this time. So I did. I know. Um, I'm so sorry. I was. It's not. It's, <laughs> I just don't know where this is going. Like I, it, it could go in seven hundred thousand fucking directions, and I don't even got. I don't even have one. I'm like so far. I'm just along for this ride. Novel Predictions. My name's Allison, and this month I am rereading Graceling. And I'm Kales, and I'm reading it for the first time. Can you believe that? Can anybody in the YA sphere believe that I have never read Graceling? It is actually a pretty wild thing. Yeah, it's actually it's funny because it is the first book I realized on my Goodreads to read list. It is like the first one I ever added. What? Mm Mm-hmm. Wait, that's so wild. Like, you got Goodreads, and that was the first book you ever added, and you've never read it? Yep. What year did you get Goodreads? Um, in high school. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. I know. Well, this is going to be awesome, then. I'm very excited. It's going to be good. I'm, I'm excited. I'm, I'm, I'm so glad I've been given a reason to pick it up. Because, again... Yeah. Well, yeah, because, again, in my job, I'm so forced to read books that haven't come out yet like I literally just got a uh, electronic copy of a book that comes out in 2020 and the fact that this <laughs> podcast lets me go back and read books from 2008 makes me feel like oh good I don't always have to be like seven steps ahead of everybody else <laughs> in reading world. right yeah which is kind of fun. well and it's always nice to revisit I don't know like fantasy like this i feel like graceling was from a period a renaissance of ya fantasy like oh, time yeah. period so it's kind of cool yeah, um i think it was like in the heart of that right like yeah i mean 2008 was let's see the year after the last harry potter book came out what else was coming out in 2008 twilight twilight <laughs> yeah i mean there was a lot of really heavy hitting fantasy coming out at that time so yeah didn't we determine that like, like thief Grace lord was came... one of them yeah we determined i think that like thief lord came out around that time too or just like this like you said renaissance of ya and uh, yeah it's a good one yeah so i'm really excited for us to read it it's long it's 471 pages yeah fuck me. so we read the first 10 chapters yeah like in the space of a night if you guys haven't seen our instagram post it's quite hilarious <laughs> um because it dawned on allison and i at the same time that oh we have an episode that needs to come out on tuesday we have not read the book and so we were hanging out that saturday night uh having a game night with our so's and we told our boys to go and play video games so we could sit on the couch and speed read yeah <laughs> It was quite we adorable. We did it, though. We did. Oh, it's great. I mean, and it was easy to read. I mean, it wasn't like, yeah. Um, I don't know. It wasn't like trying to get through 100 pages of mumbo jumbo. It was fast paced. It was interesting. Um, I mean, Right. It's not like when we were reading Jane Austen and it was like, oh, oh my God. Yeah. This is taking forever. No. It was good. Jane Austen's good, but it's not, it's not, the pacing is definitely not the same as Renaissance YA. And because I think that's one of the things that people really find interesting about YA is the fast pacing and yeah I think it's a trademark of YA that not everybody necessarily talks about but YAs are often shorter faster um and in our modern day world they're more appealing than something that might take a long time (laughs) yeah I feel like it's an accessibility thing like you can especially as an adult reading YA like obviously YA is about teenagers and it's written like for teenagers and it should be but as an adult reading YA it's really nice to dive into a young adult book and say oh my gosh like this is such a great story but I don't have to think too hard about how we're getting to the plot points like it's an easy thing to read 
I'm not getting bogged down in all this crazy language or whatever that a lot of adult fantasy or adult books in general do. Yeah, I think it that was one of the compliments I was going to have about this book was the fact that it just dive it it threw you right into the fray, but you were able mm-hmm. to understand what was going on immediately. Like I by chapter two was like, okay, I've got this world. I've got this assassin. I know what grace and ungrace, like those types of powers are the hierarchy of this, of this world. Cool. Got it. Moving on. Like it was so fast and easy to pick up on, um, that I really admired it, but it wasn't boring. That was the other thing. I, there were some expositional things when it was like, um, the second chapter was pretty exhibitional. Yes. But, but that's okay. I still feel like it was something that I could dive right into and I understood what was going on and I liked it because it was interesting. So you're enjoying it so far. Oh yeah, absolutely. I, I think it's, I think it's going to be really interesting. I think there are some 2008 tropes that I wish we could get rid of. Like I kind of wish there were more women around, but I get that it's an issue that she's one of the only females graced with this ability and grace and those who are graced are punished and stuff. So she's got like the older female mentor, which can I also say, I love that scene in the beginning where she's like, no one's taught you about monthly bleeding or what happens between a woman and right. a man. And it's, she's like, okay, out of the kindness of my heart, I'm going to tell you how to do this. Cause I'm not as afraid of you. And I was like, Oh my gosh, you're instantly already my favorite. And Helda and um Mm -hmm. but but I also was like are there any more women I get that she's like not a friend and like super tomboy and she doesn't like dresses and you know what I mean it's that kind of era where it it was like all hail the tomboy and if you liked anything girly right fuck off you know which I fell into that and I get it, but now I'm reading, and I'm like, I want, can we have another badass woman? Like, she doesn't have to be surrounded by all men all the time, right? Other than the, the female motherly figure. I do think it was a product of the time, like you're saying, like, where the... If a, if a woman is going to be strong and, like, be killing people or whatever, she also isn't going to be feminine. Yes. Like, they're, they, she can't be both. Whereas now we definitely have characters like um, Selena Sardonathan from the Throne of Glass books, who is, like, very feminine, loves dressing up, loves getting pretty, but also is, like, this badass assassin. Yeah. Um, which is, like, much more compelling. I agree. Uh, but I, I think, like you said, it, and we're agreeing on it, it's just a product of the time period. So yeah. that was just one thing I noted. But it's minuscule. It's really small. Right. Um, you know, I, I kind of like the familiarity of it. Like it brings me back to those YAs that I loved when I was a teenager. You know what I mean? This is like from our era and Mm -hmm. it's kind of nice to just fit back into, okay, so we've got the mentor, we've got the female mentor, we've got the love triangle of the other sexy assassin and then the guy who's kind of a dick, but obviously is in love with her. We've got like the gay best friend and the, um, and the evil uncle. And you know what I mean? It's just, I don't know. It's kind of nice to fit it all in there. Um, yeah. It's kind of like putting on like a warm, like old sweater (laughs) that you've worn a million times and that, it doesn't really fit very well anymore. Like it's gotten stretched out or whatever, but it still feels really good. It's like this comfort thing. That's the best way to put it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. I feel like when I was reading this, I was just kind of like, Oh yeah. Like this is so great. It's totally classic, totally like girl assassin fantasy surrounded by all these like incompetent men. (laughs) And (laughs) How did you feel about um, her, like, characterization, though? Like, how she thinks about the world? I actually, I think it's really interesting. I think, um, I like that we got a little bit later that people started pointing out her flaws and how, mm-hmm. like, the really good friends in her life, like Raffian and Ol, were like, oh, it's really great to see you beat up. Like, you yeah, have yeah. a weakness. And there was another time where Poe and her are training and he points out 
she's like, you got to have eyes on the back of your head. And he goes, no, you're just really fucking loud. Like, (laughs) have you heard yourself when you bang into a room? And I was like, oh, I like that this strong ass aggressive female characters. They're also pointing out that like, that's her aggression is not always great all the time. Um, Because they also mentioned early on about her loudness and how she just kind of bursts forth from everything, which I think in some ways is justified given her childhood if she just like has to not give any fucks because if she did, she would crumple because the way that everybody looks at her like she's this dangerous, terrible killing machine means that they don't like her and have given her all these... um, times to be fearful and avoided and and I just feel like that it makes a lot of sense but at the same time I like that she they're starting to slowly but surely point out that like hey you're a badass but you're also got some issues um, that are complicating your badassery which was refreshing and pretty cool so I, I don't know I think I can look forward to watching her grow softer I think okay yeah I also think it's really interesting to me how she, like, is having obvious attraction towards Poe, but it's making her panic. Oh. And she's, like, freaked freaked out by it. Like, have you noticed that? Where she's, like, when he looks at me, like, I have to, like, m- mediate my breathing. Oh, I did not notice that. As someone who has anxiety, <laughs> that, that was a clear miss on my part. Well, yeah, because I thought about, like, you and me and, not like us having anxiety. She also has a point, one line in there that I really love where um, she says something about like the thought of having a baby at her breast, like that gives her a panic attack. That was I, my heart saying, I was just like, Oh my I God. Know. I was like, you, you know me. And then, and then when she like, <laughs> they're like, you're really fucking loud. I was like, Oh my God, it is me. And um, I just was, really happy with that it reminded me of like a younger version of myself where again I rejected like the dresses and everything whereas like just recently I have become more accustomed to being like I really like dressing up I don't like the effort it takes but I like how I look um and so but um I I, the other thing that I found really interesting this is leading me to this because I thought about the moment where she's like taking off her shoes and her earrings and throwing them into the fountain and she's like well no people will talk and that was a really that's been woven throughout this whole thing of like what the court thinks and who says Mm -hmm. what and because she's running this covert council that it's a really big deal to monitor what everybody's thinking. And I found that to be a really interesting part of this whole thing too, of like, she has to constantly be on alert, which just takes a lot of goddamn energy. Yeah. Cause her actions are not only affecting her in this instance, they're put, they could put this council and their benevolent work like in jeopardy. If the King decided she was being too much or she was being too obstinate. Yeah. I don't know. I just found that really interesting that like there's this cloud of pressure, which again was kind of cool of like, oh, you know, women all the time have this. Kelly and I were talking about it on the Boobies Newbies podcast that I uh, guest starred on that just came out on Friday. Um, We were talking about this pressure of that women feel to always be on. And I think that's reflected nicely in here in this fantasy world it's kind of interesting to me yeah and I would say just because we've been talking about her characterization and I know we will talk about this later and you will give me what you think but (laughs) this this (laughs) this character um not really her world but the character herself really reminds me of Kel from Tamora Pierce's books oh um I could see that where she's very like like I don't know like she's Kel is like physically big she's like tall and whatever but she's very like big and like loud and doesn't really understand like femininity and there like is a point yeah she's not big on social cues but she's also like such a badass and trying really hard to fit into this slot where she's not necessarily wanted but she is determined to be there. Or in this case, um, Kat is like 
destined to be there. She doesn't really have a choice. So I don't know. It just, she just really reminds me of Kel. I like that, though. I think that's pretty cool. And again, though, I would say I think it's very reflective of YA at the time. And I, I think in a weird way, it's also kind of reflective of feminism at the time and the mm-hmm. growth and messaging that we were receiving as young women. And I my voice just got really high there, I realized, because I was like, am I saying this right? And But I think that that's why we find it so so um endearing in a way is because it's like remembering about this stepping stone to where we are now like i i firmly believe that books and characters like that if they hadn't existed we would not have the women that we do now it's like a reminder of the progression we've made yeah i do remember in this you know era in the 2008 to 2010 even 2011 kind of time frame be finding it really difficult for me to identify like with feminism because it felt very black and white yeah it was very like if you're a feminist then you like you value this one set of things and if you value other things like domestic domesticity or like family and that kind of things that that's not feminist which is obviously not true but in that period of time that's very much how it felt so I think you're right. I feel like this is a reflection of that f- kind of vibe. I I completely agree. And I'm trying to look up right now YA books released in 2008 because I'm curious now. Okay, so it was like Hunger Games. That's one oh, of them. Yeah. Um, Hunger Games came out in 2008, Breaking Dawn. So it was the ending of the um, the Twilight series, um, Paper yeah. Towns. Your favorite. Um, <laughs> uh, John Green, John Green. John Green, John Green. Oh, we were in the middle of Percy Jackson, which, you know, Annabeth was like a big other factor Tomboy. of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, let me see what Goodreads also has here. Oh, Gracelings at the top of that list. Oh, Mortal Instruments had just started that series. They came out in 2007. Um Wow, that seems like it shouldn't be that long ago, but I guess it was. Yeah, it is. And um, I don't know. You just think about it and you're like, oh, those are most definitely what we were reading at the time. And mm-hmm. yeah, there's. I'm trying to think if there's some other ones, but I don't really see any fantasy ones. They're putting up a lot of like not uh, contemporary ones and whatever. But it, that gives you just a good kind of sense of what were what we were reading and what we were being given and and I remember feeling very very much heavily on the side of what I thought was feminism as a rejection of domesticity and right girly things and you had to be a tomboy and you had to be like the boys and play football and kickball and you know not and befriend the boys rather than be the one that the boys liked and yet you still had this like secret desire that they looked at you. I don't know. You felt like you had to lean into one thing or the other. And so I just leaned into that black and whiteness. And so that's why like when these characters started coming out, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm not by myself. Um, I'm really glad now that there's a common ground and it's not so um, Yeah, divided. I'm glad that we've evolved past this. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> but but again, going back to like, this is a, a step we fondly remember um, this so definitely falls right. into that. And it's like totally speaking to my 15 year old self. Yeah. It's very nostalgic for me in that way. But that being said, as Kale's always says, we should get into our questions. Oh, fine. So here at Novel Predictions, we ask a series of questions um, to determine if our newbie reader is going to predict the plot well. No. The answer is no. It never <laughs> happens. I cannot remember an episode where we did remotely well. I think there were some that we were like, oh, surprising. But this just often goes poorly. Okay. <laughs> so, but these questions are going to tailor perfectly to this book because it's very classic fantasy. Yes. Hero's Journey. It's you. It's all going to play really well. Exactly. So, first question does the main character fall in love? Um, yes. She falls in love with Poe, and they are going to discover 
their feelings for each other, except there is totally going to be a bit of a love triangle with Gideon, but she kind of just hates him way too much. She doesn't hate him. She finds him super annoying, but he totally has feelings for her and totally like peed all over that situation with Poe in that one handshake scene. And she was like, yeah, did you like that scene? I liked her reaction to it in that she was like, how dare they turn my fight into some, thing like protect my face what the fuck are you talking about like I liked her reaction to it at the same time I was like oh Katza like they're fighting over you okay okay she doesn't realize this okay that's fine moving on we'll get there eventually (laughs) but yeah she's definitely oblivious yeah super oblivious um but I think that she's definitely gonna fall in love with Poe um I don't know how that's gonna play out But it's funny, though, too. Allison and I were trying to figure out how far to read. And she was like, I want to introduce you to the love interest. And I was like, the minute I read their first encounter where they fight and she, like, lets him live during the rescue scene in the first chapter, I was like, oh, it's him. (laughs) (laughs) But we didn't get to his name. No. What we call him for the rest of the book until like chapter nine. I just would have been like, he's that lineage assassin, that guy. He's going to (laughs) come back because she finds him sexy and doesn't know how to handle it. Which can I just say? She really does not. No, she doesn't know what to do with herself, which I totally also understand because it's like, what are these feelings? So sudden and new. Okay. Uh, (laughs) I felt the moment I laid eyes on you. That brings a whole different context to that song. But I feel like that. There is definite sexual tension there. The fact that they spend all their time touching and contact and rolling on the floor, it's going to evolve into something sexual, hopefully soon. They're not going to actually have <laughs> sex in the book because it's YA and it's, if anything, we're going to fade to black, but I don't think she'll go that far that soon. Well, and I feel like there was a really interesting scene with her inner dialogue where they're in her chambers or whatever the day of the fight after the council meeting and he like touches her face and she's like what do I do like he's touching me but we're not fighting I don't know what to do yes there's this it's like and she was like is this what friends do I don't understand how friends work yeah I was like oh honey oh you poor thing I was like where's (laughs) Helda when you need her I know call Helda call Helda she'll explain it yes she will give you all of the motherly explanation (laughs) there's another scene too that i thought was really funny i don't know i feel like poe as a character is great because he's very like he's very with it and understands subtlety and i like the contrast between the two of them because there's this very maybe the last scene in the part we read where they're sitting with the grandfather and he says something like he like looks at her and he's like i really appreciate beautiful things oh yes and she was like, what? <laughs> what do you mean? What does that mean? I don't understand. Yeah, I, I like it too. Again, it's very reminiscent of like, I don't know. It's kind of a little reminiscent of like those Regency historical romance novels where like you have this yeah. virgin woman who has no idea what's going on. And then you've got this like rake who actually falls for her and knows how to swoon and woo her. And um, it's kind of funny. I love how she keeps calling him lazy, like his body is so languid and the way he leans on things and I was like oh I can so see that it was very um well done but her inner dialogue is hysterical sometimes you're just like oh cat's a oh 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 sweetie oh okay (laughs) (laughs) oh she's gone okay well (laughs) we didn't have a solution for that one nope we're moving on (laughs) okay so Poe and probably some kind of triangle situation with Gideon yeah do you think Gideon has any chance oh fuck no okay uh, no poor no poor Gideon poor Gideon's probably been working on it for years and but but Gideon is one of those guys that liked the girl so he pulled on her pigtails because he's not mature right. enough to figure out how to tell her he likes her whereas yeah clearly because he's like insulting her all the time yeah so Poe though is gonna come in and sweep her off her feet and she's like this is actually how I should be treated and you teasing me like this is not an actual sign of your affections it's a sign of your immaturity you dickwad yeah I just hope they can still be friends afterwards like I'm I hope that it doesn't turn into like some she rejected me and now I'm gonna reveal the council's real because she never had affections for me and like some petty romance shit I would kind of hate that that would suck yeah 
I, I have no memory of how this book goes, so I'm really with you there. Yeah, let's just suck. emphasize the fact happen. that, yeah, Allison, <laughs> we were flipping through the I book. I don't remember. Nope. Nothing. At all. Like, I remember what her grace is, and I remember the love interest name. <laughs> yeah, that's where we're at. <laughs> that's it. I don't have anything. I don't, like, remember the plot at all. Are so. you remembering it as you're reading it, though? Not really. Oh, okay. So we're just enjoying this journey together. Yeah. Cool. Which is good. I mean, I'm just like, it felt, feels like I'm reading a new book, honestly. Oh. Which is kind of fun. I'm sure there will be points in time where I'm like, oh, yeah. But. Well, then why right now. Why aren't we both making predictions? Because that sounds like something we should do. <laughs> it's fine. Because uh, it's your turn. Uh, fine. Okay. Here's the next question. No. What tropes do you think you'll see? Um. So we've already mentioned like bad i feel like that the first part of the predictions episode are always just like let's point out all the tropes um that we've already seen um but yeah badass female assassin with not a lot of women around her um who lacks social graces and any sort of romantic um aptitude and she is gonna learn how to soften up a little bit uh and then um love triangle uh mentor death i think that's gonna come and the chosen family um that's something that we're gonna see and evil kings evil monarchies that's a thing. man that's so classic these are also classic that's what i'm saying is that i'm like this is <clears throat> this is the only question i will get right but i think it <laughs> no i think it does it just fits the ya formula to a T. In the fantasy formula. Yes. YA fantasy formula. Like there's even books though that came out only a couple years later, like Red Queen that fits that, you know, or like, um, Mm -hmm. I'm like going through my shelf right now trying to think. I mean, there's obviously books that came out like this year that fit this formula, Yeah, but it's just because it's easy. It's not easy, but it's familiar. Yeah. And people like familiar things. Exactly. Yeah. And I think, I don't know. I just am really grateful for the books that are not still behind the eight ball in that sense. Like, right. I don't know. It's familiar and it's nice, but I am, I love it when it can be mixed up a little bit. I actually, I remember when I read Throne of Glass and Selena was like all into clothes and stuff. I remember mm-hmm. saying to you that that felt wrong. And I was like, I don't like how she's like into clothes and everything. And this was only a couple years ago. And you yeah. were like, well, doesn't it, show that she can be both feminine and masculine in the same body in the same person and I was like oh yeah I guess I hadn't seen that before so I don't know <laughs> I appreciate the familiar but I'm also really grateful for those that keep pushing the envelope so yeah I, th- I just think all the classic tropes are going to be in there just hardcore yeah. well and I feel like we've already seen chosen family and the like She's obviously like an assassin person and, you Mm -hmm. know, she's obviously romantically inept, which is interesting to me. I think it's obviously like part of her character, but she's 18, which is a little bit older than you usually, I don't know, have for these kind of YAs. Yeah. Um, Which is kind of cool, in my opinion. I think that it'll be, we might get something different because she's a little bit older and I think Poe is even a little bit older than her, but not in like a, not creepily. Maybe he's like 20. Yeah. Um, so we might, I don't know. I don't remember. We might have more romantic uh, entanglement than we expect. I don't know, man. I don't know if she's going to transfer that quickly. I know we've got 500 well, goddamn pages. Well, she obviously pages. likes him though. Yeah. But like, I don't know if she's going to be able to make the switch between, man, they must really have some rough sex. <laughs> oh my God. I've been reading too many romance novels. We've been reading novels. too many adults. Yeah. No, I just... I don't think they're going to have rough sex. No, not in the book. You mean, you mean because they're, like, aggressive fighter-y people? Yes. I just... My brain just went nope. off in a different direction. It's fine. Let's come back to this YA book. <laughs> Ask me another fucking question, will you? Let's rein it back in. Okay. Is there a mentor? If so, who? Yeah, there's two. There's Ol and Helda. Um, Ol is like her older grandfatherly fighting spy mentor, and Helda is her motherly one. Um, which, if okay. the two of them got together, that'd be super cool. Um, but I think Helda <laughs> has a 
I don't know if she has a husband, but she has a family. She at least has a son who's a swimmer, the Graceling swimmer. So I don't know if she has a husband, but I do really like the idea of Ol and Hilda being together in some form or another or some cohorts. Hilda is really, can I just say, Hilda is really interesting to me um, as this, like, again, female character that is, she's sort of learning how to defy what she has been taught. I don't know if that makes any sense, but I think of, like, um, this woman who has been taught to fear Gracelings, you know, and she's mm-hmm. older and this society she's grown up in. But then when she has a Graceling, she has to restructure her ideas. But then at the same time, she's one of the very few people that treats Katza as a human and comes and watches her fighting matches. But then, like, Katza mentions about how Helda's a little horrified at it, but she's, like, still watching and still trying to educate herself and train herself to realize that this is not bad so it's I don't know that's a really interesting character for me of this this older woman who is trying to break down higher walls and higher stereotypes and mentalities she's built um, because she's older but she's still working hard to do that I don't know I find that really interesting and admirable in a character I feel like Helda is obviously taking on a maternal role for Katya but I think that her it's the the whole her coming and watching her sparring matches and kind of being horrified but still being there and being supportive it just reminds me of like some kid's mom coming to their like full contact sporting event and being like oh uh, 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 like be careful um <laughs> I guess but, like, that's still right being supportive <laughs> like I don't know like being like oh well this is not really what I want you to be doing but okay like it's what you have to do or what you want to do so I'll support you I just that's just like what I just picture her as like a football mom yeah you're probably right I made it too analytical yours is probably right well I don't I don't I mean I don't think it's you're wrong I just like that's how I picture her it's just like standing on the sidelines like peeking through her eye her fingers not wanting to see her like baby get hurt yeah Regardless, I really adore her, and I yeah I appreciate her following this weird calling to come help this young girl who has no other women in her life, and yet also did it in such a gentle manner of like, mm-hmm. let me open the door, you walk through if you want to, but I'm here on the other side if you need me. And I thought that was a really cool moment, too, that we got early on in a flashback. Um and and then Ol, I see him, and I understand his purpose, but I still feel like he's not fleshed out for me. I definitely think that he, if the two mentors are there, he's probably going to be the one that dies to help okay. with her lesson learning. But I will say as a storyteller, if Kristen Kasher has enough balls to do it, Helda's death as like a self-sacrificial shit might be more impactful. I don't think that's going to happen. I just mean that if she's going to turn it on its head a little bit, that could be an option. But I really think it'd be awful and cruel of her to kill off this mother who obviously, like, mothers Katza and other children. I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah, she, like, works in the nursery. Yeah, I really, I don't think that's going to fly. But maybe in 2018 it would have flew. (laughs) If that makes sense. But also is... (sighs) I feel like the nursery is where, because you know how everyone sends their Graceling children to the king? Mm-hmm. Like, is that where all the Graceling kids are being raised? And so she's surrounded by Gracelings all the time? Don't. I would. Maybe. Maybe. I was thinking that, like, I don't know. I always thought of, like, the court nursery is, like, all of the nobles' children where they go. Yeah, but I think, but they have make a point to tell us that all of the kids from the realm like get sent to the king when they find out they're gracelings and then if they are determined useful then they stay there there. yeah which is really kind of like human trafficking in a way and it's really odd and disconcerting and i don't like it it's very weird yeah like what is useful okay the swimmer would be useful anyway i'm not gonna go into it go would a swimmer be useful i don't know like retrieving shit I don't know. Yeah, they have like a search, search and rescue team. Yeah. But I guess the, okay. the, the kingdom that they're in is rather landlocked. Like she's never seen the sea. So like a swimmer yeah, might be useful. Yeah, it's fully landlocked. Yeah, so a swimmer might be useful to a different king 
you know, that's, that's the true. king by the sea to go like fishing and shit. But since they're landlocked, a swimmer would not be useful to the evil, the her uncle king. Just because I thought about this, how do you feel about the scene where Katza is like really aggressively anti the little girl who can read minds? That was interesting. Was I, that weird to you? It felt weird to me. Yeah, uh, but I, th- I I wrote it off. It could be something more, but I wrote it off as a control thing. As oh, okay. Katza is very much in control. Like, she's worked very hard to be in control of her own body. And, like, again, when she's freaking out at the dinner, she's like, I have to leave or I will lose my temper and bad things will happen. So, like, right. she fights very – because the last time she last lost – the last time she lost control she killed somebody granted he was being sexual and a creeper and probably deserved it but she works very hard to be in control and this idea of a mind reader would be terrifying to somebody who works so hard to be in that control um i i think it would just frighten her and her fear comes out in aggression that's what i wrote it off as but i don't i don't know i think that makes sense it was just one of those things where I was like, this is, like, oddly specifically aggressive towards this child. Yeah. But. <clears throat> I think we'll it was. F- maybe it is something. Maybe it's not. Well, I think it was fear. I think it totally was just a reaction out of fear. Mm-hmm. And the council. Also, the council is being secretly hidden, you know, so that, like, if a mind reader comes in, it ruins the entire fucking operation. That's true. Which is also, like, her yeah. being aggressive could be, like you're going to fuck this up, you eight-year-old who can just look into my head and see everything and I've has worked no control. for. Mm-hmm. And is just going to say whatever you, she sees out loud. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, that's true. All right, sorry. Big tangent. No, you're good. Um, who is going to die? I'm still convinced it's going to be all. I, I really... Oh, God, though. If the prince dies, Raffian... Because also gay best friends tend to die really early on, too. Fuck, I didn't think about that, because that one would also be tragic, but able to get away with it. You know what? No, I'm going to stick to... No, because... But the prince... Ah. Okay, I'm going to go with Ol is going to die. Okay. That's that's my thought. Oh, but then Gideon could do, like, a self-sacrificial thing and be like, I always loved you, as he dies. <laughs> oh, God. Um, no, I'm going to go with Ol. I'm going to go with Ol in the fact that he's older... He he's going to sacrifice himself in some way to help move the council forward as like their secret or something. He's going to that's how he's going to perish is in order to keep the council secret. Ol's going to have to bite it. Do you think he will die at the behest of the king of where they are or like in some other conflict i think he's gonna die in some other conflict do you think the king that she is the niece of is like an evil dude i i think that they're writing off him too soon like the fact that they're like okay who kidnapped this grandfather which is right now the central plot line because i don't i have no fucking clue how that grandfather thing is gonna play out like why he's important or what I I feel like I still don't know enough about the politics of it all or the royal families Mm -hmm. and so I'm just like well fuck I don't know and so I think though that um I I think they're writing him off too soon like I wouldn't be surprised if the twist was that like the king actually like he actually kidnapped them the the guy I don't know why that's just in my head like that would be a nice little twist so okay well the next question is what's the twist yeah so is that your twist Uh i don't know i'm having such a hard time because like i have no no idea as to why this grandfather is like fucking special like why is this guy interesting he's not a gracing it was like a weird political ass move to do that and she talks about how hot-headed the kings are and how she's got this council to like help write everything and undermine them all and so i definitely think that her uncle's gonna find out about the council and i think that she's gonna he's gonna threaten her to like kill somebody or 
like harm somebody or fuck it up if he if she doesn't manipulate the council into her his way of thinking like use those powers to and those connections to like lie her way into helping him at the behest of I will kill someone you love if you don't um and I think the twist might be that he's behind it all that he actually is like trying to undermine it somehow um I also think that one of the twists I don't necessarily know how but I think that she's going to be assigned to kill Poe. Mm. I don't know what's going to come of that, but I think that Poe's going to, because he obviously has such a big loyalty to his family, family and to his kingdom, that I think that something's going to happen. Maybe the king finds out about the grandfather, or like the the rest, like the mission to get him out of the secret passages of the castle castle goes wrong, and he blames Poe for it. And because he was behind this whole thing all along, he sends Katza to go kill Poe. And she's like, fuck, I can't do that. I'd love it if so it... maybe that's like a catalyst. Yeah. I'd love it if it ended with him dying at her hand and Prince Raffian becoming king. Oh, the king dying at her hand. I thought you meant Poe. And I was like, what the fuck? No, 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 no. The uncle king dying at her hand and Prince Raffian becoming king. That's I would like a la that. Th- that's the ending. Of glass. Yep, a la throne of glass. Okay. Okay. Why is the story from the MC's perspective? Um, she's not like a chosen one or any sort of thing like that. But I think that Kristen Cashor has made it an interesting enough and unique enough that she is like an extraordinary voice in this world. Um, I think that. Katza has a lot of growing to do. I think she has to learn where her loyalties lie. I think she has to learn to be softer. I think she has to learn how to care for her family beyond like protecting them and being so aggressive. Um, I think she needs to learn other methods and ways of loving. And so I think that her growth is the most interesting out of all the characters we've been introduced to. Um, And I definitely think that she offers a unique perspective being a female graced with fighting. Right. That's what I have to Which say is, about that. It's interesting to me that she's, they say that her grace is killing because like Poe is a graced fighter. Yes. Right. But her grace is killing, which is interesting which is, because it isn't distinct. Right. Which is why though she's probably better with a bow and arrow and better with a knife than he is and better with, you know what I mean? Right. Because killing people can die in a lot of ways, whereas fighting He's like, it's a hand-to-hand combat type of thing. Archery doesn't fall under fighting. And that's why he's like, I can do really well with swords and hand-to-hand. And she's also, it's interesting that she's graced with killing, but it's very hard to kill her. Because he talks about her bones being like stone or um, she doesn't feel yeah, pain she, like, as easily. Yeah, she doesn't feel pain. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I think it's interesting that they were like, oh, she's graced with killing. So she accidentally kills this creeper. By, like, punching him in the face, basically. Yeah. That- and then they're like, oh, she's graced with killing instead of, like, she's graced with fighting. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. know. It seems like an interesting logical jump. It is. And I don't, I don't, I think it's, though, interesting that just because she's graced with something doesn't mean she has to follow through on it. You know what I mean? She tries. Yeah, because she didn't kill any guards. Nope. She makes it, like, a I mean, point she- to not have to do that. Yeah, because I feel like a lot of. Um, books that have a person who is like the equivalent of grace with killing or whatever like they can't mediate it they like accidentally kill people all the time Mm -hmm. or they're like if I touch this person like the likelihood that I kill them is high or whatever yeah but it seems more like she's really just very good at all martial and pain-inducing things. Like, yeah. anything fighting or weaponry, she's good at. But she doesn't mean that she, like, kills people by looking at them. She's not, like, a Medusa. No. I don't know. She's, so, like, great. Which I think is interesting. Yeah, it is interesting that it's not, like, a magical. But it's funny because these don't feel like... I mean, the Mind Reader is, like, the only one so far that has felt magical, because yeah. everybody else that they've given examples of are like kids that are graced with holding their breath for a really long fucking time or swimming really fast or fighting. You know, it's all been very like just enhanced human abilities rather than like something mm-hmm. that's magical, like telepathy or, you know what I mean? She's the, that little girl's the only one so far that we've seen that has a grace of 
something that is super otherworldly rather than just like you know one kid's michael phelps one kid's a secret magician one you know katza could be the equivalent of like a cia marine operative or something you know what i mean like yeah things that you could train talented yes exactly and if they didn't have the different colored eyes i don't think it would be a thing i agree like the only thing that that marks them is that they have different colored eyes. But are there people with not different colored eyes that are also talented? Like I don't know. Yeah, I don't either. It's such an interesting distinction, and I'm wondering. And I'm because I literally don't remember. I'm wondering if it will be part of the story. Like I'd be interested to see if we learn more about it. Or like I know that this is a complete story, but she has more books in the realm. So like maybe yeah, one of does. another characters in like fire or blue or whatever it's called goes on a journey to figure out like why are certain people graced and you know because it's not something that you get upon birth it's like a couple days months or years afterwards so Mm -hmm. i don't know we might not get that in this book but we might get it in um future ones in this realm yeah that would be interesting okay other thoughts slash what stories does this remind you of yeah any classic 2008 fantasy story throne of glass <laughs> red queen let's throw them all out there um this is a classic one and everybody talks about it as being like a base of ya fantasy and that's why everybody's fucking shocked that i have not read it um <laughs> because they're like what do you mean you love ya and you haven't read graceling um i'm like i don't know i just never came around to it um i nope i just didn't and it yeah, it's just, it feels like one of the founding female bad at, like, Hunger Games. You know what I mean? Because Hunger Games came out the same goddamn year. Can you imagine if Hunger Games hadn't come out? This book might have exploded more. But I still feel like it's, like, a mid-list everybody knows about. Like, it has over four stars of ratings yeah. on Goodreads. Like, that says something. It's a well-known title, but it wasn't marketed, I feel like, heavily. That's what I'm saying. It's like by a... By the publisher. Yeah, it's like a... It's like a well-known mid-list. Yeah, that's 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 what I think about that. Sweet. I also feel like it's very Tamora Pierce. Yes. It makes me want to go again, reread all those. But again, she's like, I know. It really, like, I was reading it and I was like, man, I just want to reread Protector of the Small. Um, I'm going to make that TV show I happen. Series. I don't know how, but I'm going to make it happen. <laughs> just got to find the right people. Well, somebody, I'm pretty sure, has optioned it. So that they are, and they're just holding on to. I hate how they like, fucking Tamora's do that stuff. Yeah, so obnoxious. I know. Anyway, okay. Well, yay. That's what I thought about First that book. Ten chapters of Graceling, sweet. Um, we are going to be finishing up Graceling and reviewing it and seeing how Kale's predictions and Allison's absolute ignorance, no knowledge <laughs> of this book, <laughs> yeah, um, come together in a beautiful, beautiful. Uh, way yes also in two weeks yes so you should also follow us on social media um we are on yes. instagram and twitter at novel prediction um you should uh go ahead and on whatever platform you're listening to give us that review um on itunes it's yeah. actually really super helpful um moving us up those charts um we have amazing listeners you guys are wonderful and we're so grateful for you um if you could just like I said, log in, take a couple seconds, write a review, just tell us that we're awesome or that you hate the book Graceling, whatever you want to do. I don't really care. Um, that would be amazing. <laughs> um, we really greatly appreciate that. And also just like, uh, I know we're going to talk about another podcast, but uh, the podcast where I guest starred on Boobies and Newbies. It just came out on Friday, July 5th, and it's downloadable, and you get to hear me talk about alien sex, and it's great. Um, Everyone's biggest desire. Yeah, it's so great. Um, but I, I know that Al- Allison is an avid romance reader, but I'm still thinking that we either need to get Allison on Boobies and Newbies or Kelly over here on Novel Predictions um, <laughs> and see how we can uh, three-way it over here with prediction-wise. Um, but... You should all go give that a listen. And just thanks again to Kelly for hosting me. That was just so much fun. I had a great time. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. But go listen to that episode. And because it's our predictions episode, I have another book podcast to shout out. Yes. This one. Yes. This one is called Shelf Addiction. And it's a really fun podcast with reviews and 
opinionated advice about what you should and shouldn't read. So (laughs) everyone loves opinions. I know I do. So here's their promo. Have you ever finished a book and wondered, what do I read next? Or wished that you were in a book club, but everyone you know says they don't have time to read? Maybe you enjoy audiobooks or are looking to try a new-to-you genre, author, or narrator. Hi, I'm Tamara, and I have a shelf addiction. I read books, listen to audiobooks, and I'm here to share with you the best of the best and to warn you off of the worst. I hope to open your mind to new and awesome books to feed your inner book nerd. I have a unique and honest perspective, and I look forward to talking books with you. From entertaining book chats and interviews to five-minute book reviews, there's something for every type of reader on the Shelf Addiction Podcast. Subscribe for free on your podcatcher of choice by going to shelfaddiction.com forward slash podcast, and you too can have a shelf addiction. That sounds great. Yeah. Yeah. So go listen to Shelf Addiction. Um, We will hopefully talk to you guys in two weeks about how great we did on these predictions. It's going to be so fabulous. It's like I I wrote it. We got it. It's like there was totally a plot that we that Kale's predicted. Like she totally (laughs) predicted a plot with a beginning and a middle and an end and not just said that the king is behind it all. Whatever it all is. <laughs> why did you? Why did uh, I feel like you just undermined our podcast so heavily? <laughs> well, usually, usually we like come up with our own story, but we really didn't do that this time. So I did. I know. Um, I'm so sorry. I was. It's not. It's, I just don't know where this is going. Like I, it, it could go in seven hundred thousand fucking directions, and I don't even got. I don't even have one. I'm like so far. I'm just along for this ride of like. Like, okay, they kidnap this guy, and there's a um, a really hot fighter guy and an assassin girl, and they're going to fall in love, and we're just, like, trouncing along in the kingdom. Like, that's it. There's nothing. <laughs> there's no threat to the kingdom so far that they've successfully kidnapped a grandpa and then managed to start fighting each other. Where am I? The fuck am I supposed to go from that? Somebody tell me, because I don't know. So I just came up well, with some be- plot points. <laughs> It'll be a great review episode where we talk about all the stuff that happens in the next 370 pages of this book. Oh my god, it's too long. It's too long. I'm going to give you an 800-page book. It's not book. too long. You're fine. I'm going to give you fucking Do Outlander it. and like you're going to hate it. I'm not Like you can intimidate me with a long book. I'm not I'm not going to give you Outlander. It's fine. I don't want to reread <laughs> Outlander. It's fine. So Okay, that being said, thank you for listening. You're awesome. I'm going to stop complaining talk to you in now. 2 weeks. She's going to stop complaining. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Wow, burn. I'm going to log right. off now. Okay. <laughs> All right, guys. Um thanks for listening. What do we how do we end this podcast? Oh my god, I'm Kales. <laughs> oh yeah, and I'm Allison. Keep making novel predictions. Bye. Bye. That's how you end a podcast. <laughs>